he didn't do anything. Completely disagree with that. Over $400 billion? You sicken me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first ever episode of Slapstick Sports, the world's favorite sports podcast. Okay, maybe it's not the world's favorite, but my mom told me it's definitely in her top three. My name is Joey Bond, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ben Wanderman, Noah Holmgren, and Aiden Gervich. We are high school seniors interning with Ariel Nissenblatt from the Earbuds Podcast Collective. We are all extremely passionate about sports and dedicated to our teams. We'll be covering everything there is to know in the world of athletics, whether it's shocking trade news, wildly hot takes, or epic failures. We also cover a wide range of sports, such as football, baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer, which Ben insists is actually called football. So I know we already introduced ourselves in our trailer episode, which if you haven't seen, you should go check it out. But Ben, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe explain this absurd idea of yours? Hey there, slap, slap stickers. I, I guess that's what we can call our fans. Um, I'm Ben Wanderman. I love football, or soccer as it's foolishly known in the U.S. And my favorite teams are FC Barcelona, the New York Yankees, the New York Rangers, the Saints, and then the Lakers, which I know sounds weird, but I swear I'm not a bandwagon. I will explain my reasoning uh, another time, maybe. And I have been playing soccer ever since I can remember. I played club and on my school team, along with Noah, who is now going to introduce himself. Hey guys, my name is Noah Holmgren. I am a sports fanatic, being a really big Yankees, Rangers, Nets, and Jets fan, which, as you can imagine, has been pretty painful the past couple of years for me. Um, I play varsity baseball with Aiden and Joey, but my main sport is soccer, being a really big Barcelona fan, along with Ben. And I've, I've played on, on, on multiple club and school teams, being the goalie and captain of my high school team for the past four years. I used to be a writer on a sports blog called All New York Sports, and 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 Aiden also does sports writing, right? You, you can tell us a bit about that. Hey there, I'm Aiden. Uh, I did do some sports writing. I wrote the weekly waiver wire articles for Fifth Down Fantasy. Um, I also did some fun non-fantasy related stuff. Um, I'm a big time New York Giants and New York Mets fan. Uh, we've been going through some a sad few years. But uh, on the side, I also am a Brooklyn Nets fan and a Ohio State Buckeye football fan. As Noah just said, I am also on the varsity baseball team, and I've been playing for as long as I can remember. So I'm also a pretty big baseball guy. Um, Joey, why don't you say a bit about yourself? I would love to do that, Aiden. I'm Joey Bond, and I am the captain of the varsity baseball team. I also, believe it or not, was the greatest floor hockey goalie of all time for the two seasons I played when I was maybe 12. But I was. He was pretty good. I live and die by my New York Rangers, Giants, Mets, and Knicks. And something you might not know about me, I'm a borderline donut addict. Not even borderline. Okay, maybe not borderline. I think I'm just a donut addict. All right, that's enough about us, Joey. I'm so glad to know that you're a donut addict. I was so curious. Um, but let's get started on our actual sports content. So uh, in this episode, we're just going to quickly run through each of the five major sports and uh, we'll get some broad opinions. So Ben, why don't you kick us off with some basketball? 
So let's start with the most disappointing New York sports team, the Knicks. I mean, we all saw what happened. It pretty much spoke for itself. Joey, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I'm kind of just speechless. I mean, it was just so disappointing the way that the Knicks played. They had no fight in them. They just looked tired, and they were just outplayed. They had no grit, and I don't even think Jimmy Butler did that much. I think he's very good. I think it was just it was just his play style that won it. The Knicks did not play tough. Jimmy Butler and the Heat, they played tough, and the Knicks had no chance if they weren't going to play with any passion. I mean, Jalen Brunson is amazing. He was the only one that showed up every night and really played his heart out and gave it all for this team. You couldn't see that. You didn't see that fight in anyone else. I mean, Julius Randle, the series isn't even over, and he's saying that the other team wants it more than them. That is not a leader. That is a team that is destined for failure. If the guy that is supposed to lead you is saying that the other team wants it more. I mean, it's just just awful. This team, while I don't think they're, they were ready to win a championship, I think they definitely could have made a run and at least pushed and at least made a solid run in the in the Eastern Finals. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, like so so I'll preface this by saying I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, like I said before. I don't want to I'll I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll I'll try to be unbiased as, as much as I could in this. But I actually enjoyed watch, watching them this year cuz like like they were a pretty fun team to watch. Nets were very disappointing this year with all of the drama and Kyrie and KD doing what they do best in ruining teams. But uh, I'll talk about that at a different time. This is about the Knicks. They were just outplayed in every facet of basketball. They they couldn't make their shots anytime they went down the floor. And then when the heat when the heat came down the other end, the heat just, just drained three after three, mid-range after mid-range. And if they missed the shots, they jumped over the Knicks players to like like on the offensive rebounds. <laughs> Pretty frustrating to watch, honestly, as a as a as a as a neutral fan perspective. But um yeah, but for, for the player specifically, Jalen Brunson, as Joey said, is unbelievable, unreal player. The turnover at the end of game six sucks. He like he you, you need to get a shot off in that situation. Josh Hart was wide open and at the top of the key, either kick it out to him for the shot. If you're Jalen Brunson, just like you cannot turn the ball over in that situation. But that's the, the one mistake he had all series. He was the best player on both teams by far. And it just sucks. And Julius Randle became a liability in the end. Like I've said for a while, he like he's a decent player, but he, his play style is just is just idiotic. He just flails around, backs people up, and just puts up a wild shot. Which some most of the time, it's like it, it actually does go in a decent amount of the time. But like it's not sustainable basketball at all. You cannot win like that. So I would argue that's actually how Carmelo Anthony played. Completely disagree with that. Carmelo Anthony was a certified bucket getter. He just he got the ball, he picked his spot and made and and put in every single mid range. Julius Randle just like backs people down, just flails around and somehow gets a bank shot to go in. But Carmelo Anthony plays m- more more like Kevin Durant realistically, just like like picking his spots, getting to that spot and pulling up and and getting the bucket no matter what. Whereas whereas Randle just like just like doesn't even if he sees someone open, he just drives in, doesn't pass ever and just puts up the most ridiculous shot for that situation and going back to what joey said when julius randall said that 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 the that the that the 
Heat wanted more. The, 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 There's the final nail in the coffin for the for the Knicks. Like they 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 won Game Five at home, but realistically they weren't going to come back from three to one. Even if they even if they made the comeback against the Heat, if they were to play the 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 the, the Celtics in the conference final, they, they would have been swept. I like 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 retool get better for next year, but it was never going to be their year this year. Yeah, I'll I'll add on to what you were saying before though at at the beginning of your rant before it went south. Um, how uh, the Knicks were a very enjoyable team to watch, even as a Nets fan. And there, I'll be honest, there were times where I was tempted to to switch to Knicks fandom because of like they they just have overall a good culture. I feel especially compared to the Brooklyn Nets, but I stood strong. Um, but it does suck that both teams are now out of the playoffs. But now let's move on to the next sport, which is also in playoffs right now, hockey. Joe, you know you guys are hockey experts. I have to start this segment by saying we are very sorry, Igor. Um, talking about the Rangers, obviously. It, we're a couple of weeks removed from the terrible Game 7 loss but still not over it. Don't think I'm going to be over it for a while. Um, in the Devils-Rangers series, the Rangers show, only showed up for the first two games and then just completely disappeared. We won the first two games 5-1 to one, and then just got blanked the rest of the series, had a good Game 6 win, but ended up not mattering at all. Um, it's been the same story my whole life with, with the Henrik Lundqvist teams in the, in the 2010s with... Um, just like Henrik Lundqvist playing out of his mind, and then the team in front of him just letting him down. Same thing happened this year with with Igor Shesterkin playing lights out, and then the defense and offense in front of him just completely let him down. Um, the, the Rangers are, are a better team on paper than the Devils. It's it's clear to see. It's just it's just the fact that that the Devils are just faster and just clearly wanted it more. And with the Rangers like high flying offense being shut out twice by by Akira Schmid. Like I've never heard of that guy in my life before this series, and I know a lot about hockey. I'm not, I'm not a casual, so the fact that we got shut up by that guy is just twice. It's just not acceptable in Game Seven, especially losing four nothing. It's just a lot of pain, and and especially with like has such high hopes after last season, and we got Patrick Kane and Tarasenko. It's just very frustrating. Yeah, so the off season is going to be very interesting. We fired, we, we fired Gerard Gallant, the head coach. The next hire will be absolutely crucial. Joey, um, who do you think the Rangers should hire and how have you been coping with the loss? It's hard to believe this happened. Definitely reminds me of the 2010s, you know, but what's even worse about this time is that we have a much more talented team than we did back then. Back then, our, our top scorers were like Rick Nash, Matt Zuccarello, and Chris Kreider, who we still have, but they weren't even point-per-game players. This year, we have... Panarin, Zabanajad, we traded for Kane and Tarasenko, Adam Fox, and we have Igor Shosturkin. I mean, this should be a team that's making the conference final and pushing for the cup every year. Are you even sure Panarin? I I didn't see Panarin at all in the playoffs. Are you sure he he was even there? He was like a ghost. Yeah, I don't know if he was on the ice at all. I mean, he didn't do anything. It It was frustrating. And back during the bubble playoffs, when nobody did anything, I said that I was scared that Panarin was going to be the player that has a good offseason and then disappears in the playoffs, and that's what's happened. And it's it's been extremely disappointing. You know, I think everyone was excited when they traded for Kane and Tarasenko, and I think what we didn't realize and we were blinded 
by was that you can't just have a bunch of superstars playing together and expect them to win, right? You need to have chemistry. You need to have role players. They need to be a team. And the Devils were a team and the Rangers weren't. No, yeah, that's that's completely true. Like, we, like we got Tarasenko and Kane, and then they just had no time to gel together with, with the rest of the team. Individually, they're superstars, amazing players. Kane's definitely Hall of Famer, Tarasenko, on his way to be. But it's but yeah, you can't just throw them into the middle of a lineup and expect them to 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 mesh with the team just like just like that. It, it takes time, takes practice, and apparently it just didn't work out. Yeah, and regarding who they're going to hire. I think they got to go for someone new, not in the coaching carousel right now. I think they should go for Chris Knobloch for the two games, maybe that he played for the Rangers. I'm pretty sure one of them he won nine nothing. So yeah, yeah, in the, in 2020 against uh, against against Philadelphia, that was, that was that was insane. I remember watching that. Yeah. So and seems like the organization likes him, and I think they need someone fresh. I mean, every every successful coach has to start somewhere. And I think this is the time to make that change. But moving past the Rangers, it has been a crazy playoffs. I mean, oh my god, yeah, it's been ridiculous. Yeah, the Bruins' best best regular season team of all time knocked out in the first round to the Florida Panthers, who were the worst team in the playoffs. I mean, that is unheard of. I in my bracket, I had the Bruins sweeping the Panthers. Everyone did, dude. Everyone did. And I mean, Panthers are still going. They almost swept Toronto, beat them in five. That's nuts. I, 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 I was actually looking at the regular season standings the other day. The Panthers had, were, were, the, were, were the 17th best team in the NHL. The top 16 teams make the playoffs. And in, in, in the regular season, the, the, the Panthers were, were the 17th best team. It's nuts. Unheard of. So, so just, it, it makes no sense. Just because like, the Western Conference had like more better teams in the East, the, the Panthers just snuck their way in. So, and yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. And then you go to the West... The Avalanche, defending Stanley Cup champions. Yes, they've had some injuries, but they still have Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarr. They knocked out in the first round. Seattle Kraken, who's been in the league for two years. This is their second year and their first time in the playoffs. And they beat the, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Nuts. It, it's been prime playoff hockey mm-hmm. this year, and I'm loving it. But Noah... Who do you have winning at all? So going into it, going into the playoffs, I thought like most people, Boston would win. I was, I was, I was quickly proven wrong. And then I thought next one up would be Edmonton. But as of yesterday, Vegas knocked them out in six games, which is honestly shocking to me. Just Edmonton having the, the, the best, the, the top two players in the league and Con McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who just scores goals in absolute bunches. I did not think Vegas would be able to hold them off. And Drysdale had a historic postseason, but just wasn't enough. Vegas ended up shutting them down and got the better of them. So now at the moment, we're down to, I guess, five teams left because Game 7 between Dallas and Seattle is tonight. Um, so it's, it's between Vegas, Dallas, or Seattle, and in the East, Carolina, and Florida. I, I, could, see, I could see a final between Vegas and Florida with – I never thought – I did not think I would say this at the start. I think Florida – might be able to pull it out this year, honestly. Just like Matthew Kachuk is playing on a whole other level right now, Bobrovsky is playing is, is finally playing up, up up to the up up to the contract that he signed a couple a couple years ago, and um and yeah like like just um the the, the Jonathan Huberto Matthew Kachuk trade was an absolute steal for the Panthers in the offseason. Kachuk is a superstar. 
Their defense is playing well. Bobrovsky is playing well. So just it looks like it's their time at the and like like and in the second round, Florida play against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who who just won their their first ser- the first their, their first playoff series since two thousand four. So so Maple Leafs had everything to play for, had the biggest fan base in the league, and they and they almost swept them. They beat them in five games. So so Panthers are just on a, are just so hot right now, and I think they're gonna pull it out. How do you, what what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, at the time this episode comes out, the Seattle Dallas game seven will have happened, but right now I have Dallas winning that, and I just it's so hard to pick a team. I mean, after the Devils beat the Rangers, I thought they were going to go go all the way. Then they lose to Carolina. I don't think Carolina has the firepower to win the cup. I don't think Seattle is ready to win a cup. So for me, it's between Florida, Vegas, and Dallas. And mm-hmm. as hot as the Panthers are right now, I don't see them winning the cup. And you know what? I was, before recording, I was going to say Vegas, but I think it's going to be the Stars. I think Dallas is going to pull it off. I, I would actually kind of like that just cause, look, 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 because Joe Pavelski, he has had an amazing career, hasn't won a cup yet, so I'd be happy for him if he pulls that out, honestly. Yeah, a lot of players who I'd be happy to see win a cup. Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jay Godinger is just so Oh, my good. God, he's so fun to watch. How many yeah. games are they going to are they going to win it in, do you think? I think Stars over Panthers in six. I could see that. All right, that's enough hockey for now. Now, how about we move on to American football then? Obviously, the sport is not is not being played right now, like the other ones we've talked about. But there is still a lot going on. Um, uh, you want to talk about it, Aiden? One of my favorite things about football is that, as someone who follows intensely, I feel like there's there's always something going on. Yeah, 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 definitely. With the 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 draft just happened. Um, um New York football is starting to look up, especially my Jets. Finally, um. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' trade is still pretty fresh. Um, I'm, 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 any thoughts about that? Yeah, so I think the Rodgers trade, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's it's a huge deal in New York. Um, it's going to be a huge culture change to bring a Hall of Fame quarterback to East Rutherford, um, which, will, which is something the Jets need because the Jets have one of, if not the worst culture in the NFL because of their on-field performance and not due to controversy. I don't agree with that. I, I think I think the only two teams that have a worse culture are the Browns and the Commanders, and that's the case because of off-the-field controversy. But in terms of on-field, the Jets have, I think, the worst culture in the also league. Also, their play. The, the, the Browns have one playoff win in like 30 years, and the Commanders haven't been relevant. Obviously, it adds to it, but the Jets have just been like... It, it, I mean, it's a lot different when you're in a big market city. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. If I were a Jet fan, I would probably be ecstatic. Um, but personally, I I don't think Rodgers is going to be an elite quarterback. Um, maybe he'll break the streak of Jets quarterbacks who have just been awful. I mean, if Rodgers does live up to his contract, I I really don't think the Jets are going to be able to make a realistic Super Bowl run, especially with the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs in the conference because they're kind of like the three-headed beast of the NFL right now, and they're all in the AFC. We'll see how the Jets can move forward. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, as a Jets fan, this is the most excited first season I've been in quite a long time. Uh, we finally have a good quarterback after the disaster class of the Zach Wilson, Mike White train. And then I'm going back further, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Vinny Testaverde. Like, we're finally, like, Aaron Rodgers is just, like, leagues above all the names I just mentioned. I mean, they said the same thing about Brett Favre. So. Yes, we did, but... But 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 Aaron Rodgers is 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 one season removed from 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 what's called back to back MVPs. So I think it's kind of different right now. And um and and on top of just having Rodgers, we have elite receivers in in Garrett Wilson, Randall Cobb for whatever reason, um, uh, Alan Lazard, um, uh, Corey Davis is still with us. Um, we we just traded Elijah Moore, but. But but just just to create room for Rogers and 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 our defense is still really elite. Hopefully we we could resign Quinn Williams. We have his brother Quincy. We have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed in the secondary. So it's really starting to look good. At- I did not know that they were brothers. That's funny. Quinn and Quincy. Yeah, yeah, I love them. But yeah, um, even with all that, I still don't expect to win the AFC East because because as you said, the Buffalo Bills exist and are in the same division and conference with us. Um, but honestly, like. I don't need to win the AFC East. Just we haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So if we do that, so like I don't have any memory of them making the playoffs. I was born in 2004, so I don't have any memory of them being in the playoffs. So seeing that, just seeing them make a play, make a playoffs and being in the playoff game would be very fun for me, honestly. But hopefully, I want them to go further, obviously. But how realistic that is, is remains to be seen. But just want to see them in the playoffs. Um, and even though we gave up a lot just for. For one, maybe, maybe two seasons of of Rogers, I still think it's worth it just for that. And because like we're fi- we're finally a, a destination for free agents to want to come. Like like we we got Lazard, we got Cobb, we got a couple good um, um defensive free agents. And and going going to the draft, we didn't draft any help for him, just like the Packers never did. But 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 Will McDonald in the first round is going to be a a. Def- a, a a, a quarterback wrecker for years to come, just like pushing through everyone, shoving his way, and attacking attacking prospects and attacking quarterbacks. And he was on the same team with 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 um, um, Brees Hall in college, uh, uh, Iowa State. So there's some chemistry there. Um, what do you think about how the Giants did in the draft? Um, being a Giants fan. Um, well, personally, I think the Giants did an excellent job with their draft. I think they filled. All of their top needs. They got a receiver. They got a center. They got a defensive back. And I'm just, I'm really excited for Deontay Banks and Jalen Hyatt. I think that now their receiving core is extremely deep. They have guys like Jalen Hyatt now, Wando Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slade, and Paris Campbell. And then you got new start tight end, Darren Waller. And I think all those weapons with Saquon Barkley are going to be extremely helpful for Daniel Jones. And I think the offense is going to explode this year. And I think the defense is going to continue where they left off and play very strong, gritty football. And I think linebacker Bobby Okariki, I hope that, I hope I pronounced that right. I think it's Okarike. Okarike? Or maybe, I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. Whatever, we'll, we'll hope. Yeah, I think he's going to be very impactful, and I'm extremely excited for the Giants this year. What about you, Aiden? 
all the Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, they all 100% add to the receiving game, which has been like probably our biggest need since OBJ left the team, if not maybe offensive line. But I also think you can't ignore Bryce Ford Whedon. He's an extremely high potential, low risk, high reward kind of player that we signed as a UDFA. So I, I'm really excited to see him. What position is he? He's a wide receiver. Oh, might be casual. I've never heard the name. That, I've never heard of that name in, in my life. Um, obviously, Deontay Banks, John Michael Schmitz, and Blue is going to be really fun to see. Um, and to be honest, I could go in. I could go and talk for ages about every other team and who they drafted, but that we'll have to wait for a future episode. I'll, I'll go over some of the big highlights. The Eagles had one of the scariest defensive drafts we've ever seen, but it's not fooling me because I, I still know that even though they drafted the entire Georgia defense, first of all, that was in college. Uh, we don't know how they're going to fare in the NFL, but also you have to remember that the Eagles also lost a lot of really important pieces this offseason. So if anything, this would just balance it out. Um, they would need some really elite play from their rookies to uh, stay on par with their defensive performance last season. I also think that for the Lions draft, a lot of people have been criticizing the Lions. I did too at one point. Um, it was a very controversial pick. They took a running back early in round one, which in today's football is almost unheard of. Jameer Gibbs, number 12. Yeah, that's just not... Like, I, do, I don't see any reasoning behind that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the pick at all, but people are focusing too much on the pick value, and they aren't forgetting that he's actually an incredible player, and he could be a real difference maker on this team. So yeah, maybe they didn't pick him in the right spot, but that doesn't change the fact that he is going to be a core piece of this Lions offense moving forward. And I think overall people are sleeping on the Lions class. The way I've looked at it and I've seen other people look at it is if you just rearrange where they made each of their picks, they actually had one of the best drafts in, in the whole league. I mean, they got Brian Branch in what, round two, round three? He was I I wanted him at round one for the Giants. So I think that's I think people are sleeping too much on the Lions and they could be a real contender this season. Before we move on, I have a quick question for the Giants fans in here. For, for the Giants fans, uh, oh, I already know what question's coming. Now I'm just wondering if you if you think the like if you if you if you if you overpaid for the Daniel Jones contract because I think yeah. I think it was, was an coming. absolutely ridiculous contract for someone of he's talented. Don't get me wrong, but like I don't know what the exact numbers are top of my head, but I it, it was ridiculous. I just want to know your thoughts. I think you got to do what you got to do to get your franchise quarterback, no matter how good they are especially with the low amount of quarterbacks who are startable in today's NFL, there, there isn't really a good price that you could put on a franchise quarterback. And the Giants believe that that's their guy, took him to the playoffs for the first time in years. And if they had to overpay for him, so be it. I think it's a great contract. I 100% agree with Aiden. I think that he had a great year last year, minimal mistakes, and he brought us to the playoffs, won us a game. I think that... The Giants believe he's their guy. He's our franchise quarterback. I believe that he can be our guy. So was it a lot of money? I yeah, it was obviously it was a lot of money, but I think I agree again with what Aiden said. Like there aren't that many quarterbacks that are very startable and 
right now drafting a quarterback, it's risky. You don't you know you don't know what you're going to get, and I think with Daniel Jones right now, you know what you're going to get, and I think he's only going to get better with the way that the Giants are building around. Him. Yeah, I think one question that a lot of people should be asking themselves uh, when they say, "Oh, we need to trade this guy immediately," is they need to be asking themselves, "Now what?" I was actually uh, at the time, obviously this hasn't aged well, but I was a big critic of the Russell Wilson trade. I thought the Seahawks lost the trade actually, um, but. I was asked. I was asking myself, now what? You just traded away a nine-time Pro Bowler. Who's going to be your quarterback now? Obviously, they they knew on the inside that Geno Smith could be their guy. I didn't think so, but in most scenarios, that's a pretty accurate question to ask. So when you get rid of a big piece of your team, you need to make sure that you have a backup plan. So if we got rid of Daniel Jones, who would we have? That's a great point. I completely agree. So we're not fully going to move on from football, but we're going to go to how, – how does it go, Ben? Football? Am I saying that right? I like to just call it the worst football. I'll just call it soccer. Um, ben, what's going on? What's going on in the football world? A lot of exciting stuff, actually. First of all, Barcelona, FC Barcelona, the best team in the world ever, uh, just won the league, so we're champions, Noah. You know, Vizca Barça, Vizca Catalunya. Yeah, so that was that was really exciting. Uh, haven't won since Messi left until now. Uh, speaking of Messi, there's rumors that he may be coming back. Noah, do you think that's a possibility? I really hope so. He's my favorite player of all time, so I really yeah. hope so. I mean, he's got a contract offered to him by Al-Hilal, a Saudi Arabian team, for a lot of money. I think it was over $400 million, so... That is quite the big deal. It's pretty hard to turn down a lot of money like that. But for Barca, I mean, it's Messi's boyhood club. You know Barca's in his blood. And I have a feeling that if if La Liga, which is the league Barcelona play in, can approve their financial plan to try and get Messi, I think he would agree to come no matter the price. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I obviously really hope so because, like, Cristiano Ronaldo already went to Saudi Arabia and his, uh, in my opinion, it's like, like his, 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 his legacy is, is slightly tarnished because of that. And I really do not want Messi's legacy to become tarnished in the same way. Yeah, I mean, moving to a weaker league, like Ronaldo's scoring goals in and out every single game, but it's like those goals become less valuable when you're playing in a league that's yeah. considered not as strong. So exactly. I agree. I hope that Messi comes to Barcelona and maybe has one last season. Or imagine Messi, Lewandowski, Dembele. Oh my God! I I I I dream I dream about that at night. I mean, they listen. They won they won the league this season, which alone I think says something about this Barcelona team and the job that Xavi did with them. Because when he came in, they weren't really that competitive of a team, and he's really turned them into a team that seems like they'll be able to hopefully fight in Europe next season. And I think if you add a Messi to that team, who knows, maybe a champion league. Maybe, maybe. The group stage first. I want to make it to the group stage and get out of the group stage before thinking about winning. Then, then we'll talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the Champions League, though, a lot is going down in the Champions League. As of the time we're recording this episode, actually, Inter Milan has beaten AC Milan 2-0. So we'll see what happens in the second leg. But right now, it looks like Inter are going to the final, which is... Very surprising to me because I actually had Napoli going to the final. Uh, so, yep. yeah, I mean, that really shocked me. I don't yeah, know no, I, was, I was really surprised about that. I mean, I mean, 
AC Milan being Napoli was one of the most shocking upsets of the season in the Champions League because Napoli has been 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 one one of the one of the best European teams. Yeah, I had them. I had them winning it all this season. Entire Champions League. Yeah, I thought I really I thought that this is what I thought would happen. I thought it was going to be them and Real Madrid in the final, and I thought that they would beat Real Madrid. I kind of wish it happened that way because I didn't think about that. But seeing them two in the final would be an amazing. Yeah, it would have been awesome, especially with how Napoli's been this year. I mean, for years they really haven't been this competitive, and it would have been awesome to see them win it. Osimhen, Kvara, Kim and Jay, all of them are just so good on Napoli. Yeah, and it's so cool too because it's a team of like these guys who aren't really like stars necessarily who have like been established in careers yeah exactly like this season all at once they kind of just took off because of how well they've all been playing together so that's been really fun to watch it's kind of sad that they're out but on the other side of things without all these italian teams it's kind of crazy that there's so many uh that just shows you how good Serie A is now but we have manchester city facing off with real madrid currently as it stands it's 1-1 the second leg's coming up i think city I don't know. I don't know if they can if they can beat Real Madrid. Real Madrid in the Champions League is a different gravy. I hate to admit it. They really are. But I saw. I've noticed a trend in Manchester City's um in 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 the in the knockout stage matches. In the first leg, when Manchester City played away at Leipzig, it was a tie. And then when they played at home at the at the at the Etihad, it was a blowout. And then yeah, and then the same thing happened against Bayern. They 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 played they played at Bayern. It was a tie. And then they played at, at the Etihad, three nothing. And then, so now the same thing is happening again. They played at in Real Madrid Stadium at the at the Bernabeu. It was a tie. So now going back home to the Etihad, we'll see what happens. But like, it's been looking good at at, at the Etihad. Do you think that has to do with them playing at home, or do you think that has to do with like a second leg mentality and tactics? I think it has to do with yeah the the tactics at home. Like like Pep Guardiola, we all know is the is the best one of the best managers in the world. I love him. Yeah, he's so he's so good. His teams are so fun to watch. I mean, and honestly, like everyone talks about Manchester City having like plastic fans, not having any fans. I don't think that's true, honestly. Like, like yes, they're 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 like their 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 success is new, but the, it really doesn't mean they 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 don't have any fans. Because like 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 people are packing out the Etihad. They make it loud. It's a it's a tough environment for other teams to play in. So. Yeah, so I think I think Man City are set themselves up by 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 having the draw at, at the Bernabeu, set themselves up in good position the second leg, and and both goals in the first leg were unbelievable. By the way, Vinicius and, and KDB just scored bangers. So yeah, it's looking like a very good. It's going to be an, an amazing tournament as long as Real Madrid don't win. I'm happy because I, I think both of us are as Barcelona fans. Like I'm I'm just sick of seeing them be happy, and I'm I'm happy we won the league. I just don't want that feeling to go away with Real Madrid winning the UCL. I agree. I want to see a city interfinal and I don't like city either don't get me wrong but like I love Pep and I think Holland's been unstoppable this season and deserves to win the Champions League and I even would go as far as to say if they do win the Champions League he could be a Ballon d'Or contender I was I was about to ask you if they win the if they win the Champions League who do you think the who do you think is going to get the Ballon d'Or Messi or Holland It's tough I don't honestly Messi's World Cup was just something else and with PSG, yeah. people are acting like he hasn't done anything with PSG. But if anyone who watches the games, I mean, you could still see he's still playing very well. Um, yeah. It's just a different play style with that team. They don't really play around him, I would say, as much. Uh, so I don't know. It, you can definitely argue for both. I would argue, I mean, every look at Luka Modric the year that he won it. Like the World Cup was such a big staple of 
the fact that he won it. And that was in a team where, like, he also had Rakitic, by the way, uh, who was playing out of his mind. But, mm-hmm. like, Messi, it's not like he had a ton of, like, stars around him that World Cup. He really, like, pushed his team, got them to win it. And I think that that's Ballon d'Or worthy, slightly over Holland. I think any other season, Holland would be the clear favorite. But also the fact that Messi did what he did in the World Cup. How many goals did he have? Like seven or eight? Messi was was a top assister, second most goals, had the um, golden ball. So, like, he played out of his mind in the World Cup, like, solidifying himself as the greatest of all time, in my opinion, in in, in a lot of people's opinions. But honestly, just it's so hard because Holland had had scored, like, 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 broke the record for the most goals in the Premier League season, which is ridiculous. And so, like, it's going to be such a tough call. I do think Messi is going to pull it out, but but I would not be surprised if Holland is the winner. I agree. And I think, like, if Holland wins, I can't complain. Like, I feel like it's well-deserved. And if Messi wins, it's the same thing. Okay, and um, moving on from both of our ranting about our hatred of Real Madrid, I will talk about my hatred of the New York Mets. Uh, Joey, do you have anything you want to talk about for the baseball season right now? Yeah, um, you know, right now, I think regarding the Mets and the Yankees, I think they both suck. I mean, I'm a Mets fan, and the Mets just, they give me pain. They they make everything hurt right now. It's, they, they just, they can't seem to do anything. I think they've had one good inning in, like, the last month. They... They scored eight runs yesterday in one inning, and I think that's the biggest thing they've done all season. I mean, they haven't been able to pitch. They haven't been able to hit. Like, Brandon Nino has really been the only guy who's been hitting, and Brett Beatty and Alvarez have been solid since they came up. But, I mean, we need guys like Alonzo, Lindor, and Marte to be hitting, like, at least 260. They're hitting in like the two thirties. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. There are star players. We're we're paying Lindor and Marte so much money, and they're just not doing anything. And we need them to step up. Um, if I had to pick between the Mets and the Yankees right now, I'd say that the Yankees suck less than the Mets. But Aiden, you like to be optimistic, so. What are your thoughts on the Mets? I'll do my best. It's kind of hard to be optimistic in this scenario. But, um, I mean, yeah, the pitching is downright awful. But um, in terms of hitting, with their young guys, they're, they're starting to heat up. Brett Beatty and Alvarez, like you said, they've been pretty solid. Um, I mean, this guy isn't really young, but we just called him up. Michael Perez, <laughs> could he potentially be better than Alvarez? He went four for four yesterday out of nowhere. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we're sticking with Alvarez, but I mean, down at AAA, Mark Vientos and Ronnie Mauricio—they're knocking on the doors every day. I see people asking, "Oh, are Vientos and Mauricio in the lineup today? Are we going to call them up?" Um, and you know, for me, I'm kind of hesitant on whether I want to call them up. I know that from a production and knowledge level. Mauricio and Vientos should be called up today. Um, but then there's a, on the other side, like, especially in baseball, when it's when you spend so much time with your teammates over the course of a long season, 
and you spend half the game in the dugout with them. Team chemistry and clubhouse culture is such a big deal. And I think about, okay, if we were to call Viendus and Mauricio, who would we send down? The first two names that come to mind are Luis Guillorme and Eduardo Escobar, who are two of not just the biggest clubhouse presences on the Mets, but two of the biggest clubhouse presences in the entire league. And I am a little worried about what it would be like if we did uh, get rid of them in favor of the prospects. But, I mean, right now, I think the Mets are in such a poor state that they need to do anything to start winning. And I think that means calling up Vientos and Mauricio. But they are, the those four main prospects, they aren't going to carry this team. So, like you said, we really need Lindor and Marte uh, to find their stride. And, and McNeil. McNeil has been, I mean, he's been solid at 264, but considering he's coming off of an NL batting title, that's just not going to cut it. So we really need our big name guys to to step up. Yeah, that that's a great point. I haven't I hadn't really thought about it like from the perspective of the clubhouse. And I think you're right. I mean, Escobar is such a great personality. You you hear him do interviews and he's just a fun guy. He's so passionate. Yeah. And Yorm is just funny to watch. <laughs> and, but unfortunately, they're just not playing well. And right now, we need to win. And I think that Mauricio and Vientos they will slot up perfectly in the lineup. I think we move Mauricio to second, play McNeil in left, and Vientos takes the DH spot. I know Canna had a good game yesterday, but he just hasn't been playing that well this season. And I think that with these two coming in the lineup and taking over the spots of guys like Canna and Escobar and Daniel Vogelback with Vientos over him in the DH spot, I think that It'll bring a spark to the lineup. And like you said, you need to do it. We need to do to win. And if that means calling these guys up, then that's what you got to do. Um, am I able to interject with, uh, with the Yankees slander? Please go ahead. I agree with what Joey said at the beginning. Both teams suck right now. Um, yeah, the Yankees aren't doing that much better than the Mets. We are above 500, which the Mets can't say at the moment. But, uh, but we are close to last place in the division, which is never a good sign. Um, we, we have, um, we have, we, we, like about, about 10 players are on the, are on the IL right now. One of them be, be, being Carlos Rodon, who we signed in the off season to a $162 million contract. He hasn't played, a, he hasn't pitched, he hasn't had one pitch for us yet. He hasn't debuted. You know, he's been out for the entire season so far. No one has any idea when he's even coming back. Yeah. I've heard that his career is in doubt. I did not hear that. And that kind of. Excuse me right now. Because, like, I mean, anytime someone hears back problems, they think of uh, guys like uh, Don Mattingly and David Wright, and they had their careers cut short due to back injuries. Oh, boy. That's great. $162 million down the drain. Great. Uh, <laughs> and Steinbrenner's got some money to spare. It's fine. Doesn't really like using it, though. But uh, uh, anyway, um, like I was saying, we have a bunch of players on the IL. Judge was out for a while. Stanton has been out for a long time. The rotation is the, – the, the, the pitching rotation has been pretty short. Um, Clark Schmidt, anytime he pitches, it's a guaranteed loss. Herman was the same, but but he's been pitching better. Just anytime he pitches, the offense just turns into a ghost and just doesn't give him any run support. The only pitcher you can be have any confidence in in the rotation is Garrett Cole. 
he was a pitcher. He he a, a week ago he was a, he's pitching in in a, in a in a six nothing lead and he blew it and we lost the game eight to seven to Tampa. So I mean it even even our best pitchers can't can't even finish out six nothing games. So, like that's not never a good sign. But um, 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 some pauses in the season or is 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 Anthony Volpe? He was a um our top rookie. Our top prospect. He he had the start on opening day. Been playing the entire season. He had a pretty slow start, but every but with every at bat, you can see him getting better. His speed. He he has a lot of speed. Been been stealing bases left and right. Has not has not been thrown out yet this entire season. Um, Harrison Bader came off of the IL recently. He he's also he, he's my he's my favorite player on the team. His mix of speed, power, elite defense, and high energy. Has been exactly what the Yankees need. He just he's crushing he's crushing home runs. I'm, I'm get, getting getting high energy triples, making diving catches in center field. It's been really fun to watch. And um, Aaron Judge just came back off the IL, like I mentioned. Um, um he's been really good. I went to the, I went to I went to at the at the at the Yankee game two days ago. I went to the I went to the Yankee game two days ago. Crushed two home runs. One to opposite field. One one to right field and one to left field. So so that was a very good sign to see. Had the comeback win over Tampa that day. That was a fun game to be to, to to, to go to. But yeah, once the Yankees get healthy, we should be we should be better, and um, we're trending up in the right direction at the moment. But until we get our key pieces back, it's going to be a tough stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the Yankees, like you're saying, Noah, there's just been so many injuries causing like inconsistency, which like most people say, it's easy to use as as an excuse, but clearly. I mean, it's so apparent with the Yankees this season um, that that has to be a reason why their record is the way it is. And speaking of their record, like, first of all, there's still time left. And even though they're at the bottom of the division, if you look at the other teams in the division, I mean, it's it's stacked. Like, it, the Mets would be at the very bottom of the AL East. They, they can't compete with those teams. And Yeah, so, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. Like, um, uh, for a couple of days, the the, the 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 Yankees were, were dead last in the AL East. If you're in the AL Central, we we, we like like number one. We 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 be the best team in the AL Central. So so first of all, you're looking at like a different division, and second of all, I think the Yankees. Uh, I mean, like you said, Judge is coming back. I think they're gonna turn it around. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, objectively, I will say this: the Yankees are a better organization. They have oh, better no, fans. No, no, no. If you, you saw them throwing those beer cans at the outfielders last year. I don't even want to hear it. What I also saw was uh, the snatch fly ball from the outfielder on the athletics. Some argue that it was cheating. I argue that it is spirit, and it is showing dedication <laughs> to the team. And it is legal, by the way. If a call, if something, if something happens in a sport and it's not overruled or anything, then nothing wrong happened. Amen. I think you Yankees fans are ridiculous. I think it is it is absurd to say that the Yankees have better fans. The the Mets have the most loyal fans in all of baseball. I mean, the pain we have to go through, it's unheard of. But we we stick to our team and every year we believe. Call us foolish for believing every year, but we do it and I still have hope. I think the Mets are going to turn it around this year. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think the hitting will get better. I think the pitching will get better. I think for me, the real concern is going to be the bullpen. But I have faith in my Mets, and I think they'll turn it around. And, and the, yeah, you just 
You gotta believe. All I'm gonna say is that is that, that I'm happy that 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 Mets fans can't say anything about Garrett Cole using sticky stuff anymore. I'm sure he's hey, fine. No, no, no. It was it was just sunscreen and rosin. Mm, it was debatable. Just, just a little bit too much, but it was it wasn't like it wasn't spider tech. But Ben, let me go back to what you said before about uh, snatching the fly ball from the outfielder on the A's. That just goes to show you how worse, how much worse the Yankee fans are because the news that the A's were going to be moving out of Oakland was fresh in their mind. You just had to cause them extra torment and torture them even more. You, you sicken me. Well, that just about does it for the first episode of Slapstick Sports. We hope you enjoyed listening to our takes and had a nice laugh, especially about the Mets fans. If you strongly disagree and think we're complete idiots, uh, well, some of you might think we have no idea what we're talking about, you're probably right. But let us know so we can discuss. If you aren't subscribed to the Substack, go check it out at slapstick.substack.com. Slap your email down. See what I did there? Slap. You get it. Um, um, if you do that, you'll, 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 you'll get up. You'll get all, all the sports content you want and need the exact moment it comes out. Slapstick Sports is written and produced by me. I'm Joey Bond. Edited by Aiden Gervich, Ben Wanderman, and Noah Holmgren. It's mixed by Ben and is marketed by Aiden. Our social media is done by Noah, and our advisor is Ariel Nissenblatt. Slapstick Sports is hosted on Substack, and we record on Squadcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for the next installment. We'll go into more depth on all your favorite sports. See you next time.